I'm Sarah Davis. And, and I'm Elsie Lindley. And, and we started, started from the sidelines. That for me was not that was, together. That was not together, no. <laughs> and we started from the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode five of Started from the Sidelines. Episode five. Five gold rings. Technically, kind of, kind of episode six, but yeah, um, the we sixth can't really episode. Count it as episode six, but episode five. Yeah. 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 Numbers. If you've if you've actually made it this far and you're still listening, then my goodness. Yeah. If this... you've accidentally just clicked on this <laughs> and you're like, who on earth are these bitches? Why are they talking? Then. I suggest you probably stop listening because we will carry on talking. Mm. Gosh, we've got to that point where people will have to go back and listen from the beginning because we might reference something that we've mentioned in a previous episode. Which is why I really need to go back and edit all of the audio for the other episodes yeah. because it's it's so upsetting to me that the first three episodes are not... <sighs> they're not bad though. Like They're honestly not bad. They're not bad, but for me, it, it makes but me want to die. But now what you know, die. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah. Uh, obviously, we say the things in the intro, but I'm Sarah. This is Elsie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why that was such an issue. This is the fifth episode. We can't even... I thought you were going to say, this is started from the sidelines, and I was like, is she going to forget that I'm here, or...? <laughs> so I was like, "What? What's coming after that? This is, but this is me. This is me. I am Elsie. Yeah, this is. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah, you're Elsie. Yeah. Um, and we are here to talk about feminism, kind of. Yeah. But not just like boring. You know, we're not going to talk it. It's not going to be boring. Okay. Oh, puts away Judith Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Shelves my bell hooks. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about like being bad feminists yes. so we're going to be talking is there such a thing as bad feminism who decide who gets to decide what good feminism is yeah um yeah yeah and sort of female sexuality in in correlation with all of these things yes this is probably going to be our most explicit episode perhaps maybe probably probably will be i don't know if it will be the most explicit episode we'll see i guess yeah it's always fun we never know. We never know. We start talking yeah. and... <laughs> Stuff happens. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Me just living my life, to be honest. <laughs> so, bad feminism. Do you, think you're, do you think you're a bad feminist? Let's start with that. Because I think I am. Yes I, yes, I definitely do. That's the correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> You have to say you're a bad feminist, you have to. otherwise you're not a good feminist. Exactly. I love a paradox. There it is. <laughs> oh, God. And this makes us even worse feminists. <laughs> yes, because we're verbalising it. Oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I think it was on Thursday that you sent me the link to the article that you wanted to talk about. Yes. And I was just about to go into therapy and... I was like, oh shit, I should probably think about some stuff that I actually want to say, given that we're recording soon. Mm. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about it because I was going to ask you mm. if you've read 
Roxane Gay's book, Bad Feminist. No. She has a podcast and as well, doesn't she? The, I, no, the guilt. No, that the guilty feminist. That's the guilty feminist. Sorry. That's yeah. No, yeah. See, I am a bad feminist. I don't even know my uh, my feminists. But this is right. So, <laughs> I so I bought the book. Mm. Um, I went through a phase where I was like, I'm a really bad feminist. Mm-hmm. I need to buy all of like the literature. feminist literature. Yeah. yeah. Um, I read the introduction and I think the first half of the first like chapter essay thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's so ironic that I bought a book called Bad Feminist out of guilt <laughs> because I was like, I'm a bad feminist. And now I haven't read it. And that makes me feel even more guilt about being a bad feminist. And I don't know even if this book would make me yeah. not feel like a bad feminist if I actually read it. But I will. I, won't, I don't know because I, maybe I'll never know. Schrodinger's cat. And it's like, why do we count good feminism? Mm. And I'm talking like, especially, especially me and you, you know, in our heads. Mm. Why mm. is a good feminist... Why is it required that they have read all of the literature and they yeah. know all of the stuff? Like, yeah. why is it so... Yeah. Uh... Yeah. It's really frustrating. It's a really frustrating thing because... And I find it more frustrating the older I'm getting because, obviously, when you first start out and you're introduced to the idea of feminism and it's not... And you realise it's not, like, bra-burning and... Well, it kind of is hairy armpits, but it doesn't start and end with hairy armpits. <laughs> like, it's not a necessary and sufficient condition of feminism. Um, and all the other stuff, like, you know, just once you get over, like, feminist being, like, bad and weird, yeah. and then you first start reading it, it's obviously just so surface level, and all of the ideas yeah. that are filtered through to you are from, like, generations, like, different waves of feminism and and once you get through that you look back at that first level like that entry level like feminism 101 and you look at it and you just think this is all so obvious like why on earth this is just so trite and superficial and it's overly palatable for for like it's too accessible almost and then but then I've 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 had those thoughts recently and I've realized that that's just that's really bad. It's ageist, like against younger women and girls. Mm-hmm. It's classist because a lot of the literature is not accessible in terms of like physically accessible. Like you have to borrow it from a library or it's very, very expensive yep. or the jargon. The you know, time, you, the, the time that you put in. Yeah. So much labor goes the time. It exactly. is not. Yeah, exactly. And, but then I think, you know, it, we're, we're, we run the risk of gatekeeping if we shut down all of this, like, yeah, like early years feminism. I can't think yeah. of another way. It's really, it's really important. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's why I think that, because there's a big debate around the whole, like, Primark, I am a feminist yeah. kind of t-shirts, yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. And there's, and yeah, okay, commodification of activism it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm, great. Mm. However, if some 14-year-old girl who is insecure in her identity as a woman walks into Primark and she sees that T-shirt and she buys it and it makes her feel I'm empowered, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, it's and valid. That, mm. And that's like, if 
if all of these things are stepping stones exactly into into something deeper yes. and we shouldn't be shitting on the stepping stones yes. because we're just going to isolate ourselves and we are going to become these like it's it's going to be the bra burning yeah. men hating yeah hairy armpit having lesbian yeah, yeah that's the two others i knew there were two stereotypes it's misandry and it's lesbian yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a feminist yeah and to be fair like all of those <clears throat> things i'm very in favor of yeah like, yeah they, like, um, every every stereotype about feminism does come from something but i think yeah you're yeah you're you're absolutely right and the stepping stone thing is a perfect analogy because it you have to like you say you have to start somewhere you can't immediately jump into high level intersexual inter- intersectional yeah you but you but at the same time it's like well when do you introduce when is it right for that those ideas the complexity to be introduced because you you run the risk of then getting too far into your 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 reading or your thoughts about feminism without having race class gender sexuality introduced and, and it's too late sometimes yeah so Sorry to bring up my son already. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy, we need like a klaxon noise. Like we need people to place bets on when you will. (laughs) Yes, I got a bingo. Yeah. Um, but my favorite cousin got Teddy one of his one of his Christmas presents from my favorite cousin was a book which is called The ABCs of Activism. Ooh. It's really great because it's like B is for belief and then it tells you, it talks about what belief is in a very nuanced way. And so my answer to the sort of the conundrum Mm. that you you raise Mm. is we need to start raising our kids with with a familiarity of this language. So... He may not. He doesn't understand the nuances of the words that he's hearing. He doesn't understand, like, what any of it really means. But he's got the familiarity with yeah. those words. Yeah. And so it's not going to be. It's not going to be like he's fifteen and he suddenly goes, "Oh, hang on, I don't understand what this word means. Yeah. Do I have to think about it? Is yeah. it something that I should consider? Because it's going to be something that he already yeah. has heard and, and yeah. is familiar with. Yeah. Like, giving him yeah. the language, giving them giving them the tools mm. to then yeah. And also that that there's there's also that risk of um feeling feeling dumb, feeling stupid by not knowing yeah. something, particularly about feminism. I think this certainly affected me a few years ago and it probably still will probably still will when you come across something and you realize that you've had this massive blind spot and you've overlooked a huge aspect because you haven't had a lived experience of something mm-hmm. and you suddenly feel really stupid and that's that's actually a really powerful moment obviously you know learning and growth and everything yeah. like that but yeah that that mindset that growth mindset you have to learn that if you're not exactly. taught it and well I certainly wasn't taught that and so yeah, yeah you're absolutely right it starts young it starts early yeah 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 and the the later you start learning mm. about it the harder it is to yeah. like unlearn everything that's exactly yeah because there's so much of this is generational and i i mm-hmm. saw a, a quote on instagram recently that said my the generational issues stop with me or die with me i think maybe even 
And I, I kind of thought, oh, do I relate to that? What does that mean? And, and I, I understand it now as if there's something that I've learned you know, as a woman, qua woman, that I've been taught by my mum, that she was taught by her mum, or so, socialised into me, somehow it's, you know, dyed in the wool, and I haven't questioned it, questioned it, then it's my job, I think, to question it and and um, make sure I don't continue that and pass it on and do further damage, like this kind of generational idea, I think. Because a lot my of stuff... Problem, my problem with like that kind of thing, though, yeah. is that I think that, you know, the person that wrote that quote of, wrote the whole, like, my... the generational issues die with me issues yeah die with me um i don't know where doesn't it comes have from. kids oh. definitely doesn't have kids <laughs> i thought i thought it was gonna be someone that you knew i was like i don't know where it comes from no yeah cause, yeah because the thing is is that <clears throat> when you have a when you have a kid i think that there's 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 one thing that you need to know 100 percent okay that just for sure you're gonna fuck them up (laughs) like you are that's in some way because you everyone is trying to to everyone has been messed up in some way and they try to counteract it by doing something in a certain way or else they continue the same thing and do the same thing yeah and and so even if you're trying to break the cycle then you're going to do damage in mm. a different way, mm. and you just need to accept that. Mm. And as long as you're trying, like as long as you're trying your best, then that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. So, first of all, you're gonna you, the generational <laughs> issues are not gonna die with you. You are going to screw your child up because <laughs> you are a parent, and that is part of parenting. <laughs> it just is. I don't know how I'm going to screw Teddy up yet, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> and he'll thank you for it because it'll give him the lessons to learn. You know, you need this. You need some interesting material in your childhood. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is that before, as like as an activist and as somebody who is very, very passionate and cares so much about these issues, um, when I was pregnant I was like I am gonna do such a good job and raise my kid like in these ways and it's gonna be like this and I'm not gonna conform to Mm -hmm. the like shitty parts of society's norms Mm. blah 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 it's it's unavoidable you you cannot help it yeah because people people buy you give you clothes that are all blue yeah and at first you're like oh for goodness sake why is my really and then after a couple of years you realize that actually unless you're putting your your son in dresses then all boys clothes are blue because that's the way it's made and we until we have a complete structural overhaul of society there is no way that you're not that we that these issues don't continue yes that's an excellent point I think that's yeah that's an excellent point because I was thinking coming at it from an individual perspective which is 
wrong and, and you're only going to get frustrated if you come at things like this as structural problems from an individual perspective and you're probably going to yeah. do more harm than good because yeah. if you're not realizing that that things are systemic then yeah you're just not gonna you're not gonna get very far um oh it's like I, if you just sort of go out in a boat and just start picking plastic out of the ocean like yeah it's nice that you're trying yeah but but whilst you're picking the plastic out of the ocean in your little rowboat mm. there's just like a, a, a massive cargo ship behind yes. you just dumping a load of yes. plastic yes. in yes that's what that's what it is yes yeah yeah nothing happens yeah. in a vacuum and raising a child is not it's not something no. that you can do in a vacuum yeah yeah and that's the problem with with activism and with feminism is that I mean, the older I get, the more convinced I am that we just need to completely destroy everything that we are living in and build from from new because yeah. we can't... Even if, like, changes are made to the way that we live, everything is so ingrained that they're just, like, t they're tiny changes. Mm. And until we just completely smash everything... yeah. Yeah. Um, then we're gonna. Oh man, I just got really depressed about the state <laughs> of the world. I agree. I do agree. Like at best, you're treading water, and at worst, you're drowning. Yeah. Because you're trying too hard. Yeah. Let's no, not go deep into that no, analogy. No. no. <laughs> right. Well, let's maybe move on from bad feminism. Yeah. Because, well. Uh... <laughs> so some something that gets pilloried for being a purveyor of bad feminism is social media right is instagram yes. yeah. and i'm relatively new to instagram and i've been it, i have been oh. telling elsie to get instagram <laughs> for the whole our whole friendship i think so yeah i've been yeah. i've been like periodically messaging her yeah being like get instagram because get instagram. i find it very frustrating because <laughs> i use instagram as a means of informing people of my uh my doings and yeah I will I've there were so many times in the past when I would talk to you and I'd be like I told you this and I'd be like oh no I posted it on Instagram so I was assuming you knew but obviously you don't because no. you don't have Instagram I know. <laughs> and it was so frustrating and finally, finally I discovered the way to get you on Instagram <laughs> was to make a podcast and ha I tricked you this whole thing was a setup I got you bitch pranked <laughs> No, I'm. I, well, I'm. I love it. I love it. I can spend way too long. Which on was your whole objection to having... every time it was? I was consistent and honest in my yep. refusal, You're and like, it was. I can't, Sarah. I can't. I don't have the time. I literally. Well, yeah, I do have the time, but that time is already portioned out to mm -hmm. sleeping, eating, working. I don't have any more recreational time that I can give to mm -hmm. another app. Um, but no, I've done it. I've done it, and I'm actually really glad that I'm that I've done it because. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> because um because yes i've been, my eyes have been opened to the, the 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 problem that is insta feminism and i just think it's it's fascinating because stuff happens on instagram like it really does and twitter as well and i've i've had twitter for a while um but more so on instagram because it's extremely visual yeah and that's easily co-opted by by hashtags and 
activism and movements and campaigns and the like and the and the graphics exactly and stuff. exactly those, gra- those like pastel colors oh it's it's amazing it's amazing this for that. whole yeah. the whole instagram graphic and it, it, it embodies the whole problem with instagram yes. activism yes which is that it tries to make it tries to make these surface level comments and everyone it gets all of the likes because everyone's mm. like whoa that's so true that's so deep mm. and they haven't said anything of value mm. but it looks pretty and it sounds like they're saying something yes. of value so yes the effort is in the complete wrong direction it's thinking about how will this gain traction in terms of likes and follows and and, and comments rather than <laughs> the fact that this this is not where your effort should be going towards this is not what the what the work doesn't start and end with the hashtag and yeah it's just it's so performative it's so performative and i was wasn't on instagram for the time of the black squares like the blackout mm-hmm, squares mm-hmm. but i did that that you know filtered through into other yeah, yeah. onto twitter and things like that and um and that's just a perfect example isn't it of where it really is. it, it's it becomes popular you're doing absolutely nothing at all Mm. you're doing nothing but it makes you seem like you're being really supportive of the black lives matter movement yeah and uh, but and the thing is i so i was on instagram during the during the riots and all of that sort of stuff and i found it a very very uncomfortable time to be on instagram because not only so yeah, you've got the performative activism and stuff. But then there's also kind of a pressure to to post that kind of stuff because it's like if I don't yeah. if I don't post a black mm-hmm. square, is everyone going to think that I'm racist? Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't do I didn't I didn't post the black square <laughs> because I'm I I can't I I was like no. But I mean, but you had that thought, you, you, you yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I like, and I was like, fuck, like, I mean, obviously, and I, I shared a few links, but I didn't share that much stuff on my story because I didn't want to be. I think the problem is, is that Instagram is just full of privileged white people co-opting activist movements yeah. and taking the attention mm, and the. Mm the voices away from the people who we should actually be listening to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah snatching the mic yeah literally but there i have written down a few examples of what i think is good examples of instagram feminism so i'm i wasn't on instagram when this um this campaign like took off and was in its peak but um laura corriton's a tamp- like tampon tax campaign to end the value added tax on on period products that's an excellent example of uh, yes that started on like change.org but i'm sure that a lot of signatures were were gained from traction on social media yeah and that's you know that's a perfect example of something that happened i mean it took a long time it took over like definitely over 5 years for that to come into force because it's only just come into force but that's surely an example I think of where without Instagram that would be terribly difficult to yeah to 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 make happen um and a lot of campaigns start on Instagram and they and, and they are 
successful and very needed on Instagram. And the ones I'm thinking of are Not Your Porn and Our Streets Now. That's the word, yeah, Our Streets Now. And um, those, you know, those... <laughs> I can't imagine how changes will happen from that if it weren't for Instagram. It's, it's like we... we it's there's this, no other way there's of no reaching other way. That, kind of, that kind of audience. No. If you want to reach this generation and exactly. at that level, then it's got to be on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But that's, but that's what's even more frustrating about all of the shitty bits because it's like it could make so much difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but that superficial performative al allyship and activism, collectivism is is doing more damage because it's just it's it's like clogging up the traffic. It's mm -hmm. diverting attention because then everyone has to have a discussion about why, you know, rather than having a discussion about Black Lives Matter and signing petitions and sharing petitions, people were then having a discussion on why the black square was bad. And it was just so much energy and effort yeah. and space yeah. was taken up with with bad <laughs> activism yeah. it's so frustrating yeah. so frustrating i can't see it i can't really see a, a, a solution out of it soon because it's so embedded in how the app works and how people yeah. work popularity and everything but but it, it i just it was nice thinking about this episode to remind myself of the good things that can come out of yeah. quote instagram feminism in terms of trying to change the problems with Instagram activism it's it's again it's something which is not in our control because there is there are there are articles out there and all of that sort of stuff that points to the fact that Instagram very much profits off squashing mm. uh real activism mm. and promoting uh bullshit basically yeah because uh, i mean it's just the whole problem is just that they're a business and they're out for money and that's that's all they care about mm -hmm. and mm. that's going to affect everything and the new guidelines that they've got in terms of nudity and sexuality exposure whatever blah 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 even words as well as emojis is it yeah it's emojis and se sexual slang I've got a list here. Conversations about sexual roles, mention of sexual intercourse or activity and self-pleasuring. Mm. I think they've also blacklisted like common ways to get round it as well. So like maybe S3X. They've also like got that as a as a, a flagged term as well. It's it's really pernicious. I Yeah. So they have these guidelines and because I mean, for, they had the guidelines that remove that were against that it, had, it stemmed the free the nipple movement, mm, mm. and now they've got the new guidelines, and in terms there are that you've got all of the like the super skinny, super white models like Kendall Jenner, and they post they can post um, pictures where they're basically naked and barely barely covering uh, like the most sort of you know the nip the vag like barely barely <laughs> they're just like a tiny little mm. it's like here yeah, you can't quite see but you can you can see them naked you can see mm. their naked body mm. um and that's fine because 
they are going to be making a lot of money for Instagram mm, mm. by doing that. And so Instagram is like, oh, you're naked? That's fine. <laughs> We're super, super into that. By the way, we think you're really hot. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. But so I had, I recently wrote a piece of writing as one, when you write a piece of writing, yeah. She's an author, uh, everyone. She's an author. <laughs> um i wrote it back in uh, at the beginning of november okay um and it's basically this this luca linked me to this saying they were open for submissions and um the whole premise of the site and the instagram account is it's called was it good for you and it's, you know, about sex or like, was it good for you? Mm. And basically it's all about trying to remove the stigma around talking about mm. sex. Like, mm. because when whenever there's conversation around sex, it's either like porn, as in if you're writing about sex, it's either you're writing porn mm. or you're condemning it. Mm. Mm. And there's no sort of in between. Mm. And it's so it's it's such a it's such a taboo topic in order to 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 con- just to have in poetry to write a poem that's about sex then it's like oh that's erotic mm. and we don't have any there's no middle ground yeah and so i saw this site that's you know trying to uh go against that uh counter counteract it a little bit and they were open to submissions with the prompt of uh like lockdown so anything you'd written over lockdown um like relationships sex masturbation loneliness love whatever and i was like oh boy (laughs) i feel inspired (laughs) (laughs) um and so i wrote this piece and i submitted it and then she said like oh that's this great like um can you send me some media slash visuals to be posted with with the writing and i went onto the site and i was looking at some of the like media that was posted alongside other people's writing Mm. and when it was especially especially when it was women but actually no sometimes it was the men's writing too Mm. A lot of them post had submitted quite sort of it was like artsy, nudy, mm. sexual, erotic kind of images, and I was like, "Shit, what the fuck am I gonna send her?" So naturally, I just went through uh, my Google Photos, and there was one morning at about 5 a.m. I hadn't gone to sleep. It was during my insomniac phase in Cambridge last year. Mm. Um, And yeah, it was about 5 a.m. And obviously I hadn't slept and I was like, it's 5 a.m. What am I gonna do? Guess I'll take some nudes. (laughs) And they weren't even nudes that I was wearing. I was wearing clothes for some of them. I was just trying to take, I wanted to feel good about myself. in an artsy way at 5am when I hadn't slept. So 
And who That's... hasn't who hasn't been in that position? Who who can't relate to that that basic need to just feel hot? It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs: mm-hmm. food, water, comfort. Taking nudes at five a.m. just to feel <laughs> something. <laughs> no, I, I I jest. I do get what you mean. No, I, I do. know. I yeah. But I mean, the thing is, is that it's very interesting because I've taken nudes before when it's like for somebody where, where you're going to send them. But I've also taken nudes for myself. Yeah. And they are very, very different. Yeah. And one of them is, you know, here is my body. Aren't I sexy? <laughs> <laughs> and the other of them is it's literally just another sort of creative outlet for me because, mm-hmm. you know, I write poetry. I write stories. I write music and it you know the the photos that I took this this particular morning they're not like I wouldn't ever send them to a guy to be like hmm bet you're gonna yeah get your rocks after this <laughs> oh my word what a phrase <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone say that phrase out loud <laughs> no I wasn't even sure if I was saying the right phrase. I think you were. I think you were. I think the fact that I said it means that it wasn't the right phrase. (laughs) God. But yeah, but they're just, they're not like, they're not sexy images. They're, they're. Intimate. Would you say the the difference is intimate? Yeah. Yeah. Intimate, but also like, I was playing around with like, blur and light and all of this kind Mm, of stuff mm. and so the i found these photos and i was like great okay they're kind of erotic and artsy this is perfect for the vibe Mm. so i submitted a couple of photos and so you can't actually i'm wearing shorts in the in the photos and you can't see my face in either of them i'm not wearing anything on my top but you cannot see any boob Mm. like there is there's no nipple but there's also no boob like you can you can see where my boobs are yeah in my hands but you can't actually see my my boobs like like when I go out and I'm wearing a a dress or a t-shirt that's slightly v-necked then the people that pass me see more of my boob (laughs) than you do from these photos Anyway, the person who person she was she put she made the post on the site and um her name's Eliza. She then made the Instagram post. She made this Instagram post three times. Well, four times. She made it three times and it was taken down for uh we removed your post because it goes against our community guidelines on nudity or sexual 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 activity. Um, post removed for sexual activity. <laughs> sexual activity. <laughs> I j- I'm just so confused. <laughs> like, Kendall Jenner can be basically entirely naked. And apparently me touching my boobs is sexual activity. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that I'm not making you money, Instagram. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. 
Yeah, it's it's shocking. It's just it's so it's so counterproductive. It's so frustrating because Instagram doing this is doing so much harm, not just to your ego, but yeah. like so <laughs> much harm. Because not just on a personal <laughs> no, level. <yeah. laughs> so it's hard to get over that. <laughs> it's it's just it's so frustrating because the Instagram was a place, and I knew this again before I was even on Instagram. I was aware of this. Instagram was a place, it was sort of a safe space for sex work, activism, and talking about sexual, like sexual desire, sexuality, um, yeah, just sex education in like a very, very broad sense, which is something that certainly in this country, but I think I would safely say most places around the world sex education is just done so badly i mean we don't even worse in america because of the abstinence abstinence is that even the word yeah yeah abstinence culture yeah and we don't have that but we but it's it's shocking it's still shocking it's yeah it's terrible it's so bad and that you know it's just such an important topic and i think because people are so prudish and and I think also it's heteronormativity as well, because there's like yeah. this sort of assumption that, that this is just how things are and sex is natural, in, which of course it is, but, and you should just know what you're doing and it's just, you know, which man you and don't. a woman, which you don't, yeah. Which it, it's just so wrong. And it's it, such... took me, it took me three years to finally be able to be on top when having sex because I, I literally, I couldn't do it. I tried so hard. I tried... I lacked the coordination. I just didn't, like, my body just didn't. Every time I tried, the dick would just slip out, just without fail. This, I'm learning so much about you. I don't know if that's going to stay. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this revelation. I'm fascinated. <clears throat> Amazing. Remember when you said at the beginning, um, <laughs> this is probably going to be the most explicit podcast yet, and then I was like... Is it? You pushed back on that, Sarah. You pushed back I on did. that. I did. Yeah. I did. It's like I challenged you. I just wanted to make sure that you would be right because I knew <laughs> how important it would be for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got my claps. I got my explicit content. <laughs> what well, let's 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 end on a real little what okay. Like what like what would we tell our younger selves? Something feminist that we would tell our younger selves that we wish that we'd known. That's really good. Like would have um, saved us a lot of like either time yeah. or like stress. And It's difficult because of course I think that in part you do kind of have to learn. Like if, if I could travel back in time and just sit down with myself at 14, I think that what I would say is that you don't have anything to prove to anyone. Mm. You are absolutely, like, you don't have anyone anything to prove in terms of your feminism. You don't have anything to prove in terms of your political views. You don't have to, like, try so hard to be good enough mm. at these things because mm. just as you are, you're fine. Mm. Um, but even if I did have the ability to do that, yeah. then... 
my 14 year old self would look at me now and be like <laughs> all right mate <laughs> yeah yeah and you almost had to go through that yeah to learn that it wasn't the case yeah 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 what about you do you think that you could say anything that would make a difference I I would hope so but I have the same thought as you now that it's it's really something it's it's a journey you've got to come through on your own and the learning process itself is so valuable um but I think the internalized slut shaming of myself mm. um mm -hmm. and for such a long time like slut shaming thoughts I don't think I would yeah. uh, and maybe maybe yeah, same. actions I it, they were so normalized for me yeah, completely yeah. normalized for me yeah. and I saw them as good and valuable and yeah actually they're the exact opposite of that and that's yeah. that was the longest that th that was the thing that took the longest time for me to shake off and yeah. I kind of wish I'd done that earlier because I think I honestly think I would have made more friends and yeah. if I wasn't so judgmental as sort of let's say young teenager but even mm -hmm. like when I was in my late teens like when mm -hmm. I was doing my A-levels I was very 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 judgmental um, again, I never verbalized this. So I guess that no. makes it yeah. okay because I never like, you know, told anyone that I thought they were a slut, but it's toxic. It's completely toxic. And I held on to that toxicity for such a long time. So I think that's the only thing that's more of a regret, isn't it? That's not really telling, telling your, your younger self something. Cause I can't, I don't think I would have listened. I think I thought I knew best at that age about a lot of things, let's be honest. But, um, I think yeah. the only thing that I actually there is one thing that might actually, I would have mm. heeded, mm. which is the most important thing in terms of any relationship that you have, whether it be romantic, whether it be platonic, whether it be sexual, anything, make sure they respect you and make sure that you respect them. Mm. Because if you don't have those, then you're either going to treat them like shit or they're going to treat you like shit. And that, mm. I don't, I try not to regret things in my life because, you know, I try to be like, it's happened. There's nothing I can do mm -hmm. by sort of resenting the fact that mm -hmm. it happened. Mm -hmm. um, it's wasted energy and I am where I am now. So let's just, yeah. But the sort of one or two times that I've regretted having sex has been because I've had sex with somebody who I I knew didn't respect me and mm. who I did not respect mm. at all mm. and mm. I just think that that is so so crucial mm. even if you don't respect yourself if you start thinking about things like that then you start thinking about yourself differently and that mm that's what sort of completely revolutionized my perception of myself and as a woman and as a woman who has value and mm -hmm. yeah and has sex I... <laughs> <laughs> she sure does <laughs> <sighs> at least 2021 like you know i mean 
Oh, so I, I said the you whole, did like, already. Uh, Wasted no well. time. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to me completely overshare about my life um, and listening to Elsie talk about things in a really reasonable and like <laughs> for once <laughs> well well w- measured. <laughs> feminist activist academic kind of way we we started from the sidelines we are um, indeed we um we have sex (laughs) follow us on instagram and facebook (laughs) and twitter and oh we don't even fucking use the twitter (laughs) shambles we are complete and utter we're so bad (laughs) Right, thank you very much for having us. Bye. Thanks, bye.